Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex in the City and can't help but wonder, how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along? I would like to draw your attention to the fact that... Um, Harry's eating a popsicle in this episode, and I have questions. Okay. Okay. So where did she buy a popsicle? Like, was there an ice cream truck on her street? (laughs) Did she go to the bodega and buy an entire box of popsicles? Like, is there like a 12-year-old box of popsicles in her freezer that are like freezer burned and like have turned into that weird like jelly? Yeah. Like, right, yeah. because all the water has effectively been freezer burned out. I just like I was like Harry Bradshaw having a popsicle is like a three act play. <laughs> How did this happen? Fair enough. Although it did <laughs> make me think of so when I lived in the New York area, I lived in Hoboken, and we had um, not AC in our whole place, but we did have window units in the bedrooms. Okay, but. In particular, I have a recollection of like, I moved out in the summer, so in August, and it was so hot, like hot, 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 like hot where we would go to the movie theater, not necessarily to see the movie, just to sit in the air conditioning hot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we definitely bought popsicles that summer. And I think I like actually ate popsicles instead of food because, you know, it's like hot. You can't even think about eating real food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't live in New York City, but still did, in fact, own popsicles. So that makes me wonder if this is sort of like one of her heat coping mechanisms. Right, because she for sure doesn't have AC. No, she definitely does not have AC. Yeah. Yeah. And this would have been like a a late July episode, right? Yeah. It was was aired in August. So. Oh, okay. um, But same idea, right? Yeah. Right. So I just, I was like. (laughs) But it is kind of a random like. And then it also makes you wonder, like, what, who, who in the team was like, this is the one where she should be typing and eating a popsicle. I know. <laughs> like, get gets brain freeze. Yeah. Um. Also, there is a lot of fashion, like fashion, oh. in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so one that, okay, so there's two that really get me. The one where they're walking down the street, it's Samantha and Carrie, and she's got the, like, scarf around her head, but the point is up. And then she has some sort of, like, jewelry on the side of the scarf. Like, it does. I, I, it's just like, wow, wow. And I wow. wrote down Carrie's pink drapes dress. Yes. This <laughs> is what she's wearing alongside that. Yes. And then Samantha, when she goes and meets with Lucy Lou for the first time, is wearing this like pink suit that has these like oh, yeah. add on things. That I don't even know how, like they look like drapery trim. Like, I, I don't know what is happening. I don't know what's happening either. Um, Carrie bringing a white lace parasol to the saloon. <laughs> it is a real choice. And then also, how do you feel about brightly colored suits for professional lawyers such as Miranda? Because when she sees Charlotte on the streets, she is wearing a purple suit. So it's interesting because I feel very strongly against brightly colored suits. However, I did notice when I moved from New York to DC that like the DC culture was the bright suit, 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, not that there weren't people who didn't also wear dark colored suits, but like there were a fair number, especially more in the like, I'll call it the lobbying crowd, Mm -hmm. right? More of the like... 
yeah, writer. I don't know. So it struck me as odd for New York at that time. But then maybe like watching it back now, I was like, "Mm, fair enough. Like, yeah, I mean, like, she looks amazing. But I was also kind of like, God, I hope you're not going to court. (laughs) 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 That maybe that's just me. I don't know. There, there's no brightly colored suits in the Cook County courthouse. I can tell you that. Or the ones that are get sniggered about. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's interesting. We could do like a whole, a whole thing on female lawyer regional fashion. Totally. Totally. But instead of doing that, let's get into the episode. Yeah, that sounds good. So (laughs) here we are, season four, episode, I wrote down one and it's definitely not one. Episode 11. Uh, 11? Is it 11? 11. 11. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Episode 11. So not episode one. So season four, episode 11, coulda, woulda, shoulda. And it, as we said, aired in August, on August 5th of 2001. And this episode is all about choices. And so I thought I would start by getting Samantha's storyline out of the way. She has a new client, Lucy Liu, who says the problem with her previous representation was a lack of honesty. And Sam promises to deliver complete class and truth. Separately, we learned that Birkin bags are only $4,000 in 2001. And that Samantha wants one, even though the style isn't really her, she thinks the status of carrying it is. But of course, there's a waiting list of five years. So Samantha attempts to cut to the front of the line using her new client's name. She somewhere in there sees a woman walking on the street carrying one of the coveted red Birkins and hauls the PR rep for Hermes and lets it fly, right? Just says like, how dare you? And when is my client going to get one of these and she uses all kinds of f-bombs turns out that oops that birkin does get delivered to lucy lou's hotel instead of to sam lucy lou shows up for a meeting with it and sam tries to explain what happened but in a really sort of skirting the truth way and lucy discloses that she knows that in fact sam called the pr rep and f-bombed her and she fires sam on the spot presumably both for the lack of honesty and perhaps the lack of class So on to Miranda and Carrie. Um, Both of them are late. Carrie is running late and Miranda is pregnant. And meanwhile, at the diner brunch, we learn that Charlotte is again, not pregnant and she's sure it's her fault. And there's this sort of like awkward exchange with a lot of awesome face acting by Carrie and Miranda, Mm -hmm. wherein, you know, Charlotte is going on and on about the people who just accidentally get pregnant and Miranda has to disclose that she is pregnant and Charlotte views it as a personal attack. Miranda feels uncomfortable talking about terminating her pregnancy in front of Charlotte, so Charlotte decides to leave. Samantha and Carrie both disclose their abortion history, and Carrie's involves a waiter at the saloon and a night out at the tunnel. Carrie later tells Aiden Miranda's news, including the part where the baby Steve's, and she swears him to secrecy. He asks about her abortion history, and she lies. Later, Carrie arrives home to find Steve in her apartment. An awkward conversation ensues as he inquires after Miranda, who won't return his calls. Carrie's convinced this means that Aiden has told Steve, and he swears he hasn't. Miranda and Carrie meet for pizza. Miranda discloses she's on a waiting list too, just like Samantha, but this time for her abortion. And Carrie discloses that she told Aiden, and they discuss again whether to tell Steve. Charlotte goes for fertility testing and finds out she has elevated anti-sperm antibodies and she learns that she has a 15% shot of conceiving naturally and the doctor suggests they pursue IVF. On the way home she bumps into Miranda in her purple suit who confronts her about not returning her calls and about almost ignoring her as she sees her on the street. 
Miranda tells Charlotte this is hard for her too, without worrying that Charlotte hates her because she's worried she can't have a baby. Charlotte reveals that she, in fact, believes she can't get pregnant. Miranda understandably sees how upset Charlotte is and offers to walk her home. Charlotte says no, and Miranda says she'll just follow her. Carrie goes to the saloon to find the waiter who got her pregnant, who miraculously still works there 13 years later, and not surprisingly does not remember her at all. And Carrie decides that this is confirmation, all the confirmation she needs, that she made the right decision in not telling him that she was pregnant. Carrie and Miranda go to her appointment for her abortion, and Miranda is not sure. They call her back, and we fast forward to Miranda at her apartment with everyone caring for her, where she reveals that she didn't do it and decided to keep the baby. Carrie leaves Miranda's to meet Aiden. She's again late, and they've lost their reservation. They go outside to wait, and Carrie confesses that she did have an abortion, And she admits that she's worried about being judged, which is why she didn't tell him sooner. He says he never got anyone pregnant that he knows of and that he's not judging her. Finally, Carrie tells him that Miranda is keeping the baby and not to tell Steve. So that is our episode this week. (laughs) Um, So what do you think Carrie thought was going to happen at the saloon? First of all, the fact that, as you pointed out, he's allegedly still working at the same like TGI Fridays-esque restaurant presumptively like on times square 13 years later is insane but like what did she go there to actually say or did she go there to tell him i aborted i aborted our love child (laughs) yeah i don't know like i don't know what she went there to say to him i think she's just grappling with this idea of like does the man in this situation have a right to know and how do you know if they have a right to know because there's a clear difference in kind, right, in this in Miranda's situation and Carrie's situation in the sense of, like, one is a person they have a relationship and even continuing friendship with, and right. one is a dude they met and hooked up with once and, like, may yeah. or may not even have had a way to get in touch with short of going back to the place where he works. So right. I'm not really sure what her plan <laughs> was. Right, because she's like all coy, like, hello there, I'm Carrie, remember me? And then I'm like, where are you going with this? Yeah. Like, what, what is the next thing? If he said like, oh yeah, Carrie, good to see you. Like, yeah. what was your next line? What was the next line? Yeah. Oh, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I Yeah, like, so I know that it's like a random Thursday, but I came to tell you that I had an abortion after I got pregnant, after sleeping with you 13 years ago. Like, was, was that what you were there to do? Yeah. It's so oh, strange. It is super strange. It's so strange. That could have been anyway. one of our coaching ca- questions right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what was your What's your plan? Yeah, what <laughs> were you the- thinking? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other thing I wanted I want to know is like, did Lucy Luke keep the Birkin? Because if so, she could sell it right now for a fifteen thousand dollar, well, actually a twenty thousand dollar profit because she paid zero for it. Mm-hmm. Like, what? They were only four thousand dollars. Why didn't I buy one? I know, right? It was crazy. And she for sure kept that bag. So, you know, she's getting all that profit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I told you before we hopped on here that I struggled with coaching questions this week. And that you did. <laughs> you did. And that remains sort of true. But in part, I struggled with them because it feels like the girls themselves, and we've said this a number of times as the seasons go on, are getting better at identifying their own you know, sort of ways to coach themselves through situations. And we have an example of that here where Carrie kind of tunes in 
in her conversation with Samantha to like, why didn't I, why did I lie to Aiden? Like what made me feel yeah. like I couldn't tell the truth. Right. Right. And so my first coaching question is actually kind of a broader question is like, what has shifted that's enabled you to do this for yourselves in a better way? Mm. Yeah. I mean, they are all engaging in much better kind of self-coaching with the exception of Samantha, who's kind of out of character in this episode. She goes through a little swing here where I have questions about like, this is very un-Samantha-like. I agree. In this episode, like the way that she behaves about this Birkin bag, Samantha is not shy about like, using her assertiveness or even borderline aggressiveness to get the job done. But we've never seen her use it in that kind of selfish way before. Yeah, not at all. So let's set her aside for the time being. But, you know, everyone seems to kind of be going through the um, older and wiser transition now that we're well into season four, right? So they're all coming into their kind of mid thirties. Now we're no longer kind of, you know, late twenties holdovers. We're squarely in the mid thirties and they've been through enough that they seem like they've like actually learned some stuff from what they've been through at this point, especially with Carrie and Miranda. Charlotte, I would say has always had this incredible ability to like recognize and feel her own feelings and Mm -hmm. then realize And be able to follow through on kind of what, quote unquote, what should happen. Mm -hmm. And she does exactly the same thing here, right? So she, you know, is very upset about Miranda's pregnancy. She's feeling all of her feelings about not being able to get pregnant herself, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, quote unquote, naturally. But then she still shows up with the beautiful flowers uh, when she thinks that Miranda's actually gone through with it and had the abortion. So, like, Charlotte's always been that way. But Carrie and Miranda are definitely kind of learning from their experiences and being able to kind of manage their own behavior a little bit better. Yep. I think, you know, as as we move forward in these seasons. And I'm I'm here for it. Like I think and I think that is just a natural part of the maturing process, right? Is that we get better at sort of having some of that self-awareness, but I think the fact that Carrie goes right there to like, what is it that is making me feel like I can't be honest in this situation? And, oh, it's I'm afraid he's going to judge me. Um, I think it's good. Even the fact that she, you know, makes that split second decision, like, I don't need to be here to ruin this guy's afternoon. And she just puts the money on the table and leaves. leaves. Yeah. Like that to me, I was like, okay, she knows that like, this was a bad call. I'm just going to go. Right. I'm I'm not going to like push forward with this. I'm not going to like explain myself. I'm not going to like, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, I'm not going to be like, why won't you stand still with me? Um, <laughs> random dude from the saloon. So I even think that that was a small kindness that she did. Yes. And that shows some growth on her part. Yes. So my next question is really for Miranda and Charlotte. And it's what do you need to get out of comparison and back into your own life? And let me explain that a little bit, right? So I think they get wrapped up, both of them, in I have this thing happening to me, but it is defined in part by reference to this thing happening to the other person, right? Like Mm -hmm. Charlotte goes so far when Miranda announces that she's pregnant to say like, how dare you do this to me? Right. (laughs) Right? Right. And so I don't know if comparison is the right way to say it, but my point is like, how do you get, how do you drop that reference to that other person and really just get grounded in what's happening to you and make it yours and about your life. 
Yeah, I mean, the entire episode sees them in relation with one another and not necessarily separate. Like that moment when Aiden's like, well, Miranda's having a baby and Charlotte wants one. Can't they just like work it out? And she's like, it's not a sweater. Like, what are you talking about? Is that what she says? It's not a sweater? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you are dumb, Aiden Shaw. Like, yep. that is a dumb thing to say. But it's also sort of consistent with the way the show is viewing these two women mm-hmm. at this particular moment solely as kind of foils to one another and not necessarily having feelings independent of the other's experience. Well, and I think we, you mentioned it, but like we see it at the end when Charlotte does that, right? She gets out of like, this isn't about me. My friend is going through this thing and I want to show up for it, right? Yeah. And I just think like both of them would be served and it's hard to do when we're in a, I mean, I think part of it is like an acknowledgement of the very real emotion that's behind both of their situations. It's hard mm-hmm. to do when we're in that emotional place to like take a step back and have some perspective and recognize that this isn't about actually anyone else or how they're experiencing what we're experiencing, you know, they're experiencing that thing. It's about us and what we need and how we're feeling and what, what we're experiencing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I've always thought that a little part of what gets Miranda thinking about whether this is, you know, something she should follow through on is Charlotte's reaction, right? Yep. That without Charlotte's reaction and seeing how badly Charlotte wants to have a baby, maybe Miranda would just kind of take it for granted and say, I'll be able to do this when the time is right. Yep. And instead, she has that alternative perspective where she's like, I mean, maybe this is the time. Like maybe I won't be able to do it when quote unquote, the time is right. I need to quit it with the quotes. I've said that like three times in this episode already. Quote unquote. (laughs) I think, I think you're right. And so like, I guess that adds a dimension, right? Because there are times where that outside reference can be powerful to put our own experience Mm -hmm. in context. Um, But the hurt that they both create from sort of focusing on each other within themselves is not, to my mind, super productive. And I think we see, like, I think we see Miranda get out of it, too, when she bumps into Charlotte on the street and sees the very real hurt that Charlotte has. Like, she's now, it's not about me anymore. Like, how can I show up for my friend here in this moment where she is truly, truly hurting? Yeah, that's a very good point. And I didn't give Miranda enough credit for that because it, it it is a big deal that she walks behind Charlotte, even though Charlotte kind of says, I don't really need you or want you here in this moment. Like it is, it is still a big deal and it is a selfless act and not, not about like making herself feel better. It's like, I see my friend hurting and I want to make sure they're okay. And same as Charlotte showing up at the end, I see my friend hurting and I want to make sure she's okay. So totally, um, totally. So my last question is for Carrie. And this is a little bit of a, not even really a coaching question. Maybe it is, but like, what made you feel you had to share this with Aiden? And why won't you tell him to stop wearing shirts like that? (laughs) Can you fix his clothing, please? Can you fix his clothing? I wrote down also what the Sam hell is with the shirt he's wearing. (laughs) That's directly quoted from my notes. (laughs) I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad. And like, you can't tell me that Harry Bradshaw wouldn't be like, hey. About that shirt. We're going to see her intervene for fashion later with a boyfriend. So I don't know why she wouldn't have done it here. But Yeah, I mean, well, that whole conversation is so forced and weird. Yeah. I mean, her, like, going in and out of the closet, like, trying to decide in real time if she's going to tell him what's going on or not. And then, like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Well, and, like, my opinion is that 
that hesitation that she's feeling as she's going in and out of the closet ought to have been a signal to her that she didn't want to have that, that this wasn't the right conversation to have. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you're having weird like tummy rumblings about telling your boyfriend that your best friend is pregnant by his, his best friend's baby. Best friend's baby and is probably going to have an abortion and maybe you had an abortion and like girl you don't have to go down this road <laughs> right right well and then i mean so you make an interesting point that i hadn't really considered is that actually maybe what is motivating her to tell so this might be a bridge too far but i'm going to suggest it the whole topic of abortion has now come up and it's like very front and center in her life and so maybe mm-hmm. she's thinking about like maybe already she's subconsciously or consciously considering will he judge me if he finds out i had an abortion and this is a way to introduce that topic to sort of test the waters and see how he reacts so that she can figure yeah. out whether she will continue to be accepted by him or not. That it's not really about Miranda or telling him that it's on her mind. It's on her mind because she's worried about their relationship. Um, I think that's exactly what they're trying to get at. I don't, I think it's sort of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just mean, don't see. It's like, again, the writers had an idea. They were like, hey, let's do an abortion episode. Yeah. And then let's find a way to make that relevant for all the girls. And because I don't I don't see Carrie having this hesitation. I mean, I, she seems like someone who knows that, like, if I made that decision at the time, it was the right decision for me. And that's all that matters. Right. And so this whole kind of are you going to judge me? I'm worried you're going to judge me. Like, what? On what grounds? Like, wh- I don't know. It's just it's very strange. It is strange, especially in light of, how do I say this? I mean, especially in light of the fact that they've gotten back together after she basically had an affair with Big. I mean, it's like she's not a, clearly not a saint. None of us are. She makes mistakes. She's made mistakes that he's aware of. And not that an abortion, by the way, is a mistake. But like, why all of a sudden are you worried about unrelated sexual things that have happened in the past? Right. It's, it just doesn't it that well i don't get it um but i do think that that's what the writers were trying to get across exactly what you said which was you know if i tell him about miranda's situation maybe it'll soften him to the blow that i've had an abortion in the past well and i guess so like from a coaching perspective right the question is really designed to get at like what are you really looking to disclose here and maybe Mm -hmm. you should disclose that and not disclose somebody else's Right, because it's private situation. It's sensitive, given that as Aiden points out, like that's his best friend, and like, what is he supposed to do with this information now? Yes, I mean, no, I think it's, I think it puts him in a deeply unfair position. Totally, totally. So, yes, I'm here for your question to direct Carrie. Like, what are you really trying to do here? Because yeah, you have well, we could. I mean, that could be like the question for the whole episode. <laughs> what are you trying to do? <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for bearing with me on my um, challenging coaching question episode. You did great. (laughs) Um, We came up or I came up with three. The first is what has changed that's allowing you to coach yourself better? The second is how, what do you need to get out of comparison and back into your own life? And the third is what made you feel like you needed to tell Aiden that, or what were you really trying to accomplish in telling Aiden that would be another way to phrase it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> but anyway, no this this has been a fun one, and I just would like to state for the record that I did never I never went to the tunnel, but I always wanted to go to the tunnel. Oh, um, but was slightly intimidated by the idea of it. So that's all. Was it just like a um, dance club? Yeah, but it was like sort of had this like 
undergroundy vibe and the rep at the time was that it was like i mean i'm assuming this was true a lot of places but like that there were a lot of a lot of drug opportunities there and ah. that was not my scene and something that i was intimidated by so mm. i never went i was like afraid that somehow i would accidentally do, do drug i don't i don't know <laughs> Well, it doesn't sound like many uh, fun times were had at Tunnel, so I I, I don't think that you missed out on much, according to this episode. There you go. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week for another episode. Hey, everyone. It's Becky. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, you can support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by following us on Facebook or Instagram at coaching.carry.podcast. Thanks for being a listener. It's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, a powerful guide to living what matters. I look forward to connecting with you. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out theatalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A group.com.